At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome on to Hollinger and Duncan. And we can begin today with a huge announcement. No, not the announcement that Robert Sarver is selling the Phoenix Suns. We'll get to that soon enough. But instead, the announcement that this podcast will now be available almost exclusively on Dunked On Prime starting in October. Uh, John is going to join our service, which we're really excited about. Uh, The monetization of podcasts has been, uh, especially relatively small ones like this one, has become more difficult, so we decided to keep it going. We're going to need to do that, but uh, really excited to have John on board. We're going to be having a special pre-sale for that as well on Dunked On Prime, so stay tuned for that obviously we'll have plenty more information on how you can subscribe as well so really glad to have you on board john this will be fun and you can swear even more now since we're on a premium i know that's that was what was most important to you in this deal that was that was actually the biggest thing and it really slowed down the negotiations yeah um no i have a short statement i would like to read regarding this as a man of faith i believe in atonement and the path to forgiveness but in our current unforgiving climate it's become painfully clear to me that that is no longer possible and that that is why I'll be joining the Dunked On Network. <laughs> well, uh, you deserve a little bit more for forgiveness than uh, Robert Sarver as we get to uh, his statement here. And, and again, we'll... Oh, did he make uh, a statement? The, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But we will have more information in the show notes. If not this week, then next week. We just finished this deal, so we're still working out how the pre-sale is going to work. But uh, this pod will be available on the public feed until mid-October. And then we're still going to do at least one public episode per month. Uh, and then maybe a second one that gets released later. So it's this it feed is not totally going away. But obviously, to get the, the full four per month uh, every week, you're going to need to go to Dunked on Prime. Um, but yeah, let's get to the Robert Sarver now the news came out that he's going to sell the team the statement still was pretty ridiculous about how he essentially alleging that he didn't deserve a second chance and my reaction to that or, or that he didn't get a second chance he deserves because of the new climate and at least he didn't put cancel culture in his statement that was at least one one uh thing is his favorite the, but the word the word woke was glaringly absent <laughs> but here's the thing robert sarver he's had 96 chances to reform already it's just that this is the public one right maybe like the first time he said the n-word he could have learned as he was told that he can't say that that you don't say it again you know or maybe the first like 
three people who sued him and that they had to pay and make him sign a non-disclosure agreement. Maybe you could have learned from those, right? Like this fake contrition. Oh yeah, I could have like done better and reformed. Nah, dude, you had plenty of chances. Like trying to say like, oh, I, I'm not getting a second chance. No, you're not getting a 97th chance. Yeah, uh, clearly. Like the, the, the track record was just too extensive to ignore. And I'm just surprised it played out this quickly. I thought it was going to take mm. longer. Um, for Sarver himself to come to the conclusion that this was no longer going to be tenable. I, th- I think everyone else realized where this was going to be heading as soon as sponsors started bailing. But uh, he caught on pretty quickly uh, where this was headed. And I guess in his mind, he wanted to have the sale done before the suspension ends now um, because otherwise that could create a huge financial problem for him. You know, I, I didn't think... It was sort of right on the borderline for me as far as what the whether the reaction was severe enough to really force him to do something. There, you, We didn't see a crazy ground swell yet, right? You thought, okay, LeBron just came out, Chris Paul, the Players Association, now we're going to see, and you know, I think probably it didn't get enough coverage, uh, Tamika Tremeglio being uh, going on with Malika Andrews and saying, no, like the player, on behalf of the Players Association and the players, like we don't want him involved. That probably should have gotten more coverage than it did. Uh, because she's not really like a household name yet. Yes. Um, if that indeed really was a widespread feeling among the players, because I don't think other than Paul and LeBron, I don't think anyone else, and Draymond, uh, who's kind of you know, a little bit part of LeBron's cabal as well on his podcast, we didn't hear any other calls for him to be, for them to move on from him or for him to be banned for life or whatever. So, but maybe that was coming, right? Maybe it was made clear to him that, hey, when Suns Media Day happened, everyone's going to get asked about this. And to a man, every single player is going to say, no, we're not going to play for Monty Williams and James Jones. We're going to say, no, like this is unacceptable. Like I'm not, guy. he needs to be suspended for maybe more sponsors behind the scenes. We're going to take the PayPal approach, which even PayPal was kind of like, oh, hey, we're not going to renew our contract next year. They weren't like, oh, we're going to cancel our contract right away the way all of them did with Sterling. So it was, it was much less than with Sterling, but in the end, score another one for player empowerment, it seems like. Yes, and we, we alluded this to, to a little bit in the green room, but you wonder about Silver's press conference because it, it was a disaster, but... Was this the commissioner version of tanking for Victor Wembanyama? Like, did he did he tank that press conference because he knew it would create a worse reaction and accelerate this process and that he couldn't do it on his own, but he could do it if he had the rest of the NBA force behind him? Yeah, and I think there are a lot of people who were very critical of him as of that time. But, you know, Ethan Strauss pointed this out. I wasn't in full agreement with his position on this, that, that he... Did a good job, but he did his job, you know, in terms of being the guy who was going to get the slings and arrows rather than the other 29 owners who clearly did not want to actually take a vote to remove him. And worth noting, that still never happened, right? Like they were yes. going to do that vote for Donald Sterling and then Shelly Sterling was able to wrest control of the team and just sell it. Uh, and, you know, I, I think also it's just Robert Sarver, if he was going to get something like that, you know, because like if players were going to boycott or something like that would be clear ground to just take the team from him and it was maybe going to be untenable and there was stuff happening in the phoenix community as well so it it seems like silver wasn't going to be to do that the owners weren't going to do that but this wasn't even like that big of a public pressure campaign and he's out and i i think everyone in the league just exhaling right now thank goodness now the devil is always in the details right like how long is it going to take to sell the team who will he sell it to uh you know he could 
announced the team is for sale and then drag this out for a really long time and sort of continue continue to operate as the Suns owner, so to speak. So there are still ways that this can go off the rails, but I think I think the league has to be feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, and Baxter Holmes reported that even though Sarver doesn't own the team in full, he can sell the entire team to an owner who wants to take control. So I, we're, and I think the Suns, they've been a sleeping giant for a long time. Like Phoenix is sneakily a top 10 media market. It's warm weather, a little warm sometimes in the summer, but you don't have to play there in the summer. It's a good place to be in the winter. And, you know, they were always a big free agent destination before. Chris Paul wanted to go there. Seems like that could be the case again. So I, I think they should get a pretty fair price, especially when, you know, this is a team sale that's around the top of the league at the moment and should be pretty good here going forward. I'm interested to see how deep pocketed the eventual buyer is because the Suns have under Sarver have been one of the more reluctant spenders in the league, let's say. Um, is it arena? miserly or miserly? I, I think it's <laughs> miserly. I've never, I think I've only ever seen that in print, but if there's anyone who could inspire me to I'm, look up. I'm rolling with miserly. Um, the <laughs> the arena is old. The practice facility is, is not very good. Uh, they did start some projects to invest in some of that, but I'm wondering, like if a Larry Ellison type was to buy this team, if it would be like a Balmer type U-term in, in terms of the investment in the product and then what that would mean for the team and the franchise. Yeah, it could well be the case and we'll see whether they're still going to, they still going to do this. Uh, hey, we're only going to scout six players in the draft thing. You know, <laughs> we'll see whether that's, uh, whether they, that's the case uh, or not as well. So I, I guess as we look at this now, what does this mean for how things are going forward? You know, I, I was struck again uh, and I should have made this connection earlier but this fine and this quote-unquote suspension very similar to what happened with dan snyder who you're uh, quite familiar with uh, as a lifelong washington commanders fan and there's nothing even remotely i would say the conduct with snyder and sarver i'd say sarver is probably a little worse although snyder is like also like stealing money apparently from his partners yeah. as well i haven't followed yeah. that story probably as closely as you have but this doesn't happen in football this didn't happen in baseball with some of the abhorrent conduct from baseball ownership back in the day um what does that mean what, what do we take away from the way this played out i think the nba is different a little bit because the the players have more power in the nba there's there's fewer of them they're not wearing helmets um and the the value of a single player is just way more um so i think that's an element of it i think culturally maybe the nba is a little different than in terms of its fan base than than the nba and then uh, excuse me baseball and football probably profiles more liberal i think it's i think that's probably some of it probably profiles younger too um so there there are just differences in the leagues i mean the nfl i guess they could point out like there was jerry richardson but there there's like there was other stuff going on there too um yeah and the Snyder contrast is really a sharp one. Now, the other thing you could say, though, is like Donald Sterling and Robert Sarver were in the club for decades before they got kicked out, right? Like, <laughs> so they, even in the NBA, they had to compile a, a track record that was pretty damning before anyone moved to take any steps against them. So 
I still think the bar is still really high for this type of thing in terms of what would compel the league to actually take action. Yeah, well, and again, it's like basically, and we saw it with the Cuban thing as well. We saw it even with Sterling, like journalism matters, like stuff going public matters, public pressure matters. Like there's no circumstance in which the NBA is going to do something unless, you know, John Wertheim at, at SI with Cuban and, you know, and I'm not saying that Cuban is on the level of any stretch of the image, but obviously a toxic workplace culture yes with the Mavs and then this this same thing um so that that's I, I think you know the public pressure really works but once the players and the players association like yeah like for whatever reason I mean I guess football players are just like hey I got to get paid or maybe they just don't deal with Dan Snyder you know in the way that you know someone has to deal with Chris Paul would have to deal with a Robert Sarver that sort of thing um and obviously NBA players matter more than football players but still you wonder if, if like like someone like Aaron Rodgers was, or I don't even know who the stars are of the commanders. Maybe that's part of the problem. Uh, that they don't have <laughs> yeah, any. Yeah, there's that. Uh, yeah, that's, a, but, that's just the, be like, hey, no, like I'm not playing for this guy anymore. But we just never even seen even the slightest hint of the players, the uh, players association or the players in football doing something like this. So for a long time, the MLB PA, uh, Marvin Miller, they were the leaders. They were the most powerful union in sports. Clearly to me now, the NBA players is that this is another example. Without a doubt. Yes. Yes. Um, And it shows also, I think that soft power actually can be more effective than hard power. A lot of times, mm -hmm. like rather than silver swinging his gavel and saying you're out of the league, which could have created a lot of legal troubles. Basically, he didn't say it, but the conditions evolved where he has to be out of the league anyway because because of players and sponsors and media and to the weight of the negative publicity and the negative financial implications of being associated with this team just became too heavy. Yeah. I I wonder, you know, Nate Jones tweeted this and he, you know, he works uh, with Aaron Goodwin, all of his clients, he's very plugged in. His his thought was Adam Silver and the league, they had to know that this was going to be the outcome when this report was released. And do you agree with that? I mean, you think this is kind of like, hey, we're going to just suspend him for this. It will establish the precedent of, of suspending him, but we know that eventually he's just out. Or do you think they were surprised that there was this level? I, d- I do wonder if they were a little surprised by the level of backlash because just because it seemed like Silver was a little surprised by the line of questioning almost, which it seemed like he should have expected and been better prepared for, and that he was defending the verdict a little too uh, fervently, I guess. Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure that I think they might have hoped for this, but I don't know if they expected this. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. And I think there are plenty of owners who are like, eh, you know, I'm not sure I want to establish this precedent. Like taking the team away, there's ideas that it was because yeah. of the, they're worried about discovery and a lawsuit or something like that. I always thought that if they were worried about that, it was a little overblown just due to the way that lawsuits evolved because the league is, a, particularly if it were just a suspension rather than forcing him to sell the team, if it were like a lifetime ban type of thing, as opposed to forcing him to sell the team, um, that, that that would be, that's basically, ironclad in terms of the uh in terms of the legal arguments that there really isn't any way for Sarver to contest that yeah particularly well I think they were more worried about precedent than discovery yeah I I think you're right about that but so I mean the players it's clear again if they want to 
seems like they can get any owner kicked out that they want. If you're an owner, maybe you don't feel great about that. But also, I think it's not like the players, it, it still takes a lot for the players to get pissed off enough to want to make this happen. I mean, I think I, Donald yeah, Sterling need, and Robert Sarver are being forced to sell the team. doesn't seem like an unjust result, to put it that way. Yeah, you need a decade plus of smoking guns, right? So, right? So the, it's not that they just get anybody kicked out. It's that... They, they have the power to get somebody kicked out if they're bad enough, yeah. which I'm not sure like the on the NFL side has kind of been the opposite has been proven. Right. Like Stephen Ross and Dan Gilbert are, are still there. You know, da- Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder. Dan, I'm Gil- sorry. Dan Gilbert I confused is. Da- I, uh, apologies to Dan Gilbert. You would, whatever you've done, you didn't deserve that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So LeBron, I'm so proud to be part of a league committed to progress. And, uh, you know, it seems like uh, the players have been mollified, although, you know, again, the league didn't actually, in theory, do anything. But maybe Adam Silver's like, you see, you see, Robert, see, like there's again, maybe they knew that this was coming. I mean, you could it could even be possible. Who knows that Adam Silver was like, hey, this is all I can get the owners to agree to. But, uh, you know, players, if you want to put your thumb on the scale a little bit, then maybe I can go back to old Robert and say, hey, you, you yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there is that level of collusion, but it wouldn't shock um, but and, and I think ultimately Silver got a lot of criticism given the fact that he didn't have the votes. I still think he handled it fine. And I think even his uncomfortable press conference, whether that was genuine, whether he tanked it, as you said, like he clearly just, I think he agreed with the questioners and all that. Stuff. Like he he definitely was experiencing some cognitive dissonance up there on that. Like- he he did. The, the thing I wrote uh, for The Athletic was that it was almost as if he didn't, he didn't believe enough in the bit to go along with it. Right. Anything else on this? Uh, I think we could probably move on and discuss knee surgeries. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns you can customize. Things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets. And you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O. Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS 
like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media. Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash per oh man yeah where are we gonna go first here uh so i think the event with the most immediate title shifting implications is robert williams in boston right yeah it seems that way and as i noted at the time when they said four to six weeks the record of players returning in fewer than about six to eight weeks, that's your normal, if they had a meniscus, that's your normal meniscus return time is six to eight weeks. And almost invariably, it's closer to the, you know, seven or eight. So the event, oh, it's four to six weeks. Oh, and oh, by the way, like that is going to get him back for the playoffs. The record of guys having surgery and coming back, quote unquote, early for the playoffs is not amazing. So I tweeted that at the time, got a lot of shit about it. Oh, you're fucking Twitter doctor. What do you know? And I'm like, all right, I'm just telling you what the, the the history of this stuff is and he did return he i don't know how much he helped him in rounds two and three other than kind of just giving them another body in the front court but he was huge for them in that series against the warriors which they lost so whether he regrets it whether the celtics regret it you know flags fly forever all that but this was something as particularly when you saw him running around in obvious pain out there yeah it was it was quite possible this was going to happen yeah now you can argue they don't beat milwaukee without him playing even as a you know whatever he did um or Miami, for that matter. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, those series were close. That's true. I, mean, I yeah. don't remember him having a massive contribution. But uh, just but, just the, know, act, the act of not being Daniel Tice, I think, just <laughs> right? like... Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think this also opens up Boston to criticism on two fronts. One, right, did they rush him back too quickly last postseason, which I think... Reasonable people can at least disagree about, uh, but I, I do think it was probably more of a risk than was advertised at the time. Right. And, and he was under contract for the next four years, which, is, I mean, at least you weren't like jeopardizing his future financial. Yeah. Uh, and then the other piece of this, though, is Boston. What the hell are you doing with the back end of your roster? Like, are you just going to go through the year with 11 players? Like, are you, are you sign anybody? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, F- Fiadu Cabangele is now, or Luke Cornett is now their backup center, basically. The uh, green Cornet rides to, again. Yeah, uh, well, and, uh, and Gallo being out as well. I mean, I exactly. think maybe they thought they were going to play Gallo at four and maybe Grant Williams could play some backup five. And so, yeah, I mean, they've lost two guys out of that, out of their four, basically, that were going to be realistically in that front court rotation. This will mean that, you know, Jason Tatum is going to play a lot more power forward this year now, you would think as well. Uh, Al Horford is going to have to play more minutes than they would have liked. I think, you know, keeping Al fresh, part of what enabled him to play so well in the playoffs. Um, and, and I mean, the bigger thing, though, to me, outside of that is just, you know, Robert Williams had some knee issues. That was, in theory, part of why he fell in the draft. Now his second surgery on, on this knee. I mean, is he just going to be one of those guys now that just can never stay healthy? Or, you know, the promise of uh, what he showed before he got hurt last year is just always going to be this pie in the sky? 
guy. Right. But is he going to be a guy you have to really manage and drag through the season, uh, skip back to backs, limit the minutes, all that, and then hope you get the best out of him in a playoff series? I think for where Boston is, that's that probably has to be the approach at least this year and next. But I, like I'm looking at this, I'm just amazed. Like Sam Hauser is their ninth best player right now. Like he's a guy they're counting on. That there's just there's just nothing back there at the back end of the roster. There are I'm sure there are a ton of veterans who would have been willing to sign there for the minimum, right? Like I don't think that was the problem. So you just scratch your head and wonder what they've been doing the last two months. Son Whiteside's still available. Uh, Tristan Thompson right. reunion, right? Son Whiteside should be signed by. He was actually really fine. I I agree with that. Yeah, I I think that actually I think he I think he actually would be a pretty decent get for Boston here, just in terms of a guy who can soak up. Some you know soak up regular season minutes. Yeah. Not be, you know no, you're not going to play yeah. much in the playoffs probably, but that's okay. He's the guy. He's the guy you need to get you to the playoffs so you don't run Horford into the ground. Um, yeah, I mean maybe they'll get something out of the Cornette and Kevin Gailey looked a little bit better in summer league. You know, maybe they'll, they'll, this could be one of those things where they see how everyone looks in camp and then maybe they make. Um, let's see here. What else do we need to? Oh, oh, I guess the last thing is uh, from Chris Haynes' article. The medical staff has ensured him that he is not at further risk of worsening the repaired knee. It's all a matter of pain to. That's never a good sign. If they tell you that you're not at risk of worsening it, that basically means you are at risk of worsening. I well, mean, like, and this is it, gonna it like, yeah. and this is gonna hurt. Yeah, like it's it's just like yes, of course. Like if you're limping around out there, whether it's that body part or something else, like no, you're taking a risk. Absolutely. Uh, and hey, you know this is this is a sport. Like men can make their own decisions. Like th- this is they're in the NBA Finals. They could have won a championship. Like it's. It, but I think if if that's really what he believed and what he was told, I think that that it, that is negligent. Like, I don't think that if he's really being told that, I don't think that's making it. Like you just yeah. And if you think that as a medical professional, like how the fuck do you know that? Like, how about you look at the history of this shit and find that there's a lot of guys who do this and then are never the same and just to blithely say, oh, yeah, he's not at risk of worsening. It. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. I might ask Brandon Roy for a second opinion on that. Um, the yeah. the other thing is that the risk of a, of overcompensation injuries is not to be dismissed. It did not happen in this nope. case, but that's enough. When you're out there with one hurt body part, your your risk of hurting another body part actually goes up because because you you end up doing things to compensate for it that put more stress in other places. Uh, and that is a that is a real thing that every uh, good trainer has uh, emphasized to me. All right, what do we got to talk about next here? Uh, do we need to talk about? Uh, Lonzo? Yeah, another one. I mean, I think I, I feel actually a little bit better about it that it came out today that he's having another surgery because I mean, to just go through eight months of stops and starts and not knowing what's wrong and all that, it's it, like there has to be something wrong <laughs> at that point, yeah. right? Like so, but this is also the third surgery now on that left. Yeah, generally when they go back in and say they're doing a quote unquote cleanup, it's not a great sign. Um, sometimes cleanup yeah. is a euphemism for we don't know what the hell is wrong and hopefully we'll find out when we get in there um yeah and and other times it's a euphemism for hey remember that press release that announced a successful surgery well <laughs> hashtag well actually um you know that that things didn't go quite right and they at least know sometimes they at least know what didn't go right but now they have to go in and fix it and it's and it's not great um <laughs> so this this is really unfortunate because 
the Bulls with Lonzo last year, when, when LeBron, Lonzo and Caruso were both healthy, I mean, they really looked like they had something. And now you subtract Lonzo, you subtract three-point shooting, defense, transition. You look at the Chicago team, not as imposing defensively where when you don't have ball out there with Caruso just harassing the hell out of people. Not as fast in transition, which really mattered because they weren't a great half-court offense. And then the half-court offense is even worse because you lost one of your few shooters. And now the the spacing is just yuck right now, especially anytime Zach Levine is off the floor. No, it's a big problem. He's their only, what I would say, true two-way player on this roster at this point. You know, Caruso, yeah, but he has his flaws still. And, you know, maybe Patrick Williams could get to that level, but uh, he's got a ways to go on both ends. So you just, the Bulls, we'll see. Maybe they can find something in the regular season. I mean, they only had the point differential of a 40-win team last year exactly as well yeah, yeah. and they were so, again they were in fir- they were in first in the east and then they went seven and 15 in their last 22 games i think it was and yeah, that's were right. completely overmatched in the playoffs and i i i'm i'm worried about the bulls i the, the east is tougher this year i i know i was i was too down on them going into last year but I'm I'm worried about them. I'm I'm just I'm I'm worried that they're gonna end up just kind of stuck in the middle. Like they already kind of pushed their chips in, and now the. I, I just don't know where they go from here. Yeah, and Ball, I, I mean, even with Ball, I think they were going to be a team that was going to struggle in the playoffs. But they, you're right, they did find that alchemy for a short time. Really, it was only about a two-month period when he and Caruso were healthy together. I think those guys only played about 500 minutes together in the end. But it did seem like they... Now, they do. the Bulls do have pretty decent guard depth. It's just no, nobody who brings you the full package the way Lonzo did. So that that's definitely a concern. I mean, but I, if he plays 40, games this year that's probably the over under i would say and we just hope that this sur- this surgery fixes what ails him but I-, I think you're right we're just hey we don't know what's going on but it's not working so we might as well get surgery done at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every basket every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is one that kind of went under the radar that I think is interesting. Moxie Kleba signing a three-year, $33 million extension with the Mavs to keep him out of free agent this coming well, I am sure as the president of the Kleba fan club that you are in love with this deal. I don't know if I'm in love with it, but I think it's it's solid. Like it makes a straight 11 million the next three years. But the age factor, like, he came into the league pretty late in mid 20s, and a guy who is pretty reliant on athleticism. I thought he took a step back defensively some last year, but was able to hit some shots. I, I think he's a very valuable player. I'm just concerned about the aging. But and we're talking about you know kind of third big money here. Like this is. I think this is a reasonable number to keep him out of free agency. They could have had 
had more cap space next offseason had they not done this and just moved on from him. But I think this is kind of a fair deal for both sides. And particularly in the first year or two, I think the Mavs will get a pretty decent return on this. Yeah, and especially and with the last year, he'll kind of be done. When you factor in the rising cap, I mean, there this is MLE money. So right. I, I I do like this deal for Dallas overall. There is, there is some downside risk in, you know, in the last year or two. But you balance that against... I mean, Dallas just can't afford to lose guys in free agency the way they're set up right now. And they're, they're at a little bit of a tight spot already. Just just keeping this top eight or nine guys together this year and next and, and at least trying to be something while they have Luka in their prime is 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 the only way to go. Uh, they're... I mean, with Brunson leaving, I mean, they're in kind of a difficult spot. They still owe the future first. Like, they're not in a great place for a team that went to the conference finals last year. All right, how about the Lakers? Uh, Dennis Schroeder is back, making uh, about... $20 $20 million less than he could have had he just signed that extension with the Lakers <laughs> this season. Yes. Uh, but I think it's actually, I think it's pretty decent for the Lakers. This is a good signing. Like, he's still someone who can fit in and be, like, reasonably effective for them, which he's just someone who can play okay, which they didn't have. The back end of this roster was so bad that signing somebody like this is actually a pretty massive upgrade on on what they were going to have. So even though it's Im- imperfect, like, they're a little guard-heavy now, but like they they just needed more guys who didn't suck and that they at least get that out of this and now they also have to worry less if they do do a Westbrook trade they have to worry less about what they get back positionally now because they 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 at least have another point guard now I know LeBron James is going to play on the ball a lot but they have they, they have another real point guard now so if it's Westbrook and they get back you know, two small forwards or whatever. They they don't have to sweat that. So I, I I think it was a good deal for them, just for their for their flexibility, for their roster, and I I still think they're in a really difficult place as an organization. But I this was helpful. This was the right deal for them. Still still going to get uh, get interesting there if Westbrook is is on the team on opening night. I, you still wonder how this all is going to work. Yeah, I think so. And and with Patrick Beverly and Schroeder there, if they want to do it, they can actually have a competition for a starting role. And, you know, I mean, Westbrook probably won't agree if he loses that, but you can at least say, hey, you know what, like this, you're going to have to actually earn your spot, uh, Russ, and maybe maybe that'll get him to change his stripes. I kind of doubt it still, uh, but it, this is just another insurance policy and they're, uh, they're familiar with what he brings to the locker room. <laughs> yes, the competition for teammate of the year between Schroeder and Westbrook will be fierce. (laughs) This is an interesting one. Oklahoma City, what a bummer the offseason has been for them now. We thought they would be more interesting to watch this year. Now we find out that Shea Gilgis-Alexander, grade two left MCL sprain. Generally, the timeline for that, you you had Marcus Sol, I think, and Zach Randolph both had that when you were in Memphis. So that's like a six to eight weeker and with no Chet Holmgren as well. Yeah, Zach's was the year before I got there, but Mark uh, was... 20, uh, 2013-14. And yeah, it was uh, probably right around four or five weeks for him. He, he came back probably a, a little earlier than, than you might expect, but... Uh, <laughs> well, well I don't, we don't have to worry about that with Shea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that the Thunder won't mind extending this ti- timeline as long as they... 
long as they want. Uh, you know, really important to get Theo Ballad on as many reps as possible after he and finished. He's not going to make this team, is he? I I hope. If he, I mean, they have an incentive to keep him on the team. <laughs> Unfortunately, after he went, uh, he finished Eurobasket with a 2.2 PER, I think it was. Oh, man. 268 out of 271 qualified players, if I saw correctly. Yeah, so I, you have to imagine... Shea's going to miss at least the first month of this, probably. Yeah. And, you know, obviously he's going to miss the last two months. Well, although it, it is <laughs> worth noting. <laughs> uh, it, it is worth noting that he some of these have apparently been pretty legitimate injuries. So maybe there is going to start to be an issue with him staying healthy. But I am interested to see, like, this is a great opportunity for Trey Mann and, uh, more importantly, from my perspective, Jalen Williams. Yes. Like Jalen Williams may be their starting two now, either he or Trey Mann, if you're going to say giddy is the starting point guard and obviously giddy will get a chance to spread his wings more as well so we we will get to see more of those guys that'll at least be interesting to me but it does seem like okc you know they're talking about jeremiah robinson earl starting at center now uh so i i mean it seems like now they're on pace to be teams league where if they had had chad and shea i think they maybe could have been respectable but they're gonna get off to a terrible start you would think and then you know by the time shea comes back they'll be five and fifty point poku nate More, isn't he shaped kind of more like a line? <laughs> oh God, that was awful. Okay, well, well, let's see here. We, we, we'll uh, think there's anything else that we're like really at this point, unless any other piece of news is really. Oh, we should talk about this, Charlotte. Um, Miles Bridges, his deadline to sign the qualifying offer is October first. Yeah. At that point, Charlotte can withdraw it, but he would remain a restricted free agent. But there is just no. He can't just unilaterally sign a contract anymore. Charlotte could, in theory, just keep him as a restricted free agent all the way through until next season if he doesn't qualifying offer. Um, his doesn't sound like his situation is going to be remotely resolved by October first. His hearing has been rescheduled for the third time now to September 29th, and I, you know, I don't think he's going to have like a guilty plea or anything like that. Even be facing jail time, yeah, potentially. What should if you're him? I mean, I know it's a little distasteful, but if you're his agent, like, what would you advise him to? I, to me, it's in his interest to to sign the QO unless unless there has been backdoor conversations with Charlotte about, look, let's let this let this play out. We'll figure something out. We'll, you know, we'll, we won't leave you hanging or whatever. I, I just, it's, it's hard for me to know what those conversations would be just because I, that this is going to be a really hard one to win the press conference on. Let's put it that way. Um, so I, to me, it's in his interest to sign it and, and at least protect yeah. that, um, protect that seven point is 7.9 million. Right. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. His, it's in, in that reign. Um, but I think it's even more, I, I would say you sign it number one, just to make sure you're not a restricted. Um, now number two, the other reason I would want to do it is he's surely going to be suspended. You would think now maybe the, the legal situation will take longer to play out but from a purely financial perspective and i don't know what options are available to him legally i think my strategy would be sign the qualifying offer if there's a way to plead guilty and avoid jail time or you know even potentially have like a I want to say nominal time in jail but something that's you know uh, not you know a year or something uh 
Get that out of the way. Get your league suspension out of the way while you are playing on this qualifying offer. You maybe you come back, you've paid your debt to society, whatever. Uh, I mean, the fact that you are you have a contract you can sign to be under contract, that at least like that is something that you can unilaterally do to make yourself be in the NBA this year and just make yourself like kind of normalize that you're around. Again, as tasteful as that is. Yeah. And get your NBA suspension over with while you're playing on that qualifying offer and then also be an under restricted free agent like i think it's you absolutely should just take that qualifying offer even if your legal situation you can't resolve your legal situation but you hope maybe you can at some point during this season like take that qualifying offer don't get in a situation because otherwise if you don't take it like there's no way that i foresee that charlotte is going to pay him more than that qualifying offer this year i i don't see how he's in the nba this year if he doesn't take that i i, right. I just think there's going to be too much stigma for a team to just sign him in as a mid-season pickup or something i mean Maybe there's something I'm not understanding about how this would work, and I don't know yeah. full details of his legal situation. But with the facts that I have at hand here, I think that would be my strategy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right, let's take a, a couple of mailbag questions, unless there's any other news that's really calling your name here. Let's do it. All right, this is an interesting one here. Uh, Jimmy1999 UK. What metrics do we wish existed if you had a data gathering genie? And his, his, a couple of examples he gives are off-ball assists from player gravity, like those Steph assists where two guys run to him at the three-point line and the screener just slips in for a layup. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, so yeah, that's that's the one that, that he had. Anything that really shows up? to you i think in general things that help us figure out defense are really important we we pretty much like we have a pretty good handle on offense at this point maybe not maybe not you know to the third decimal place but like we we pretty much know where the value is and and who's who's contributing and who isn't at at that level um and yeah you know roles and whatever still go into it but generally if you say this guy is good on offense and this guy sucks on offense you're going to be you're going to be within you know within a pretty small margin of error most of the time and defense i just don't think we have anywhere near the same level of clarity and it's it's so hard to measure the absence of something and that is so much the key to defense is just preventing things and putting out fires before they ever start and and basically you know you just good good defense looks really boring a lot of the time because there's just nothing happening for the offense and it's 
it's tough to measure what that is sometimes. And so having better tools to do that, and we've definitely improved in that area area exponentially in the last decade, but it's still it's still very hazy compared compared to the clarity we have on offense. Yeah, I mean, if you could just make a metric where Tom Thibodeau is just grading every single player's defensive possession every single time, and you know, come up with a way to try to measure that, uh, I, I that would be absolutely fascinating to me. Another one, since we have this data gathering genie, would just be every practice shot that every player has ever taken in like the last five years, right? To just try to figure out like who is a shooter like who might improve you know the trajectory of the shot can you then like model uh that of like okay here's this guy sure like his percentages aren't great but if you compare the trajectory of his ball to what it is for guys in the past like can, can we use like ai to model whether this guy can improve as a shooter i mean that's that's the biggest thing that i struggle with that in my evaluation is just i have i can't say i have no idea but many many times guys will improve as shooters that i just have no idea what they're gonna the other times they just won't improve. Yeah, tracking shooting uh, from practice is something that I think teams have started to take a lot more seriously. Certainly, my certainly my last couple of years in Memphis, we did, and you could definitely tell that it does correlate, right? Like, like Troy Daniels had the best numbers, like by far, because he was the best. He was the best shooter we had there, uh, other than the one year we had Mike Miller, I guess. Uh, and it's, so it was funny when, when you when you look like you look from any one practice and it's just gobbledygook. But you go to start adding practices, you know, over a period of weeks and months. And and if you, and if you were actually tracking the, the shooting drills and whatnot, you could get a pretty good apples to apples comparison and and have a really good idea of who who could shoot, who was iffy and who couldn't shoot uh, much more than looking at game results. So I, I do think there's a lot of value in that. And I think most teams that have their head out of the sand have, have caught on to that a long time ago. But it's not publicly available either. Yeah, another one that would be really useful to me is just the intimidations at the rim. It was actually uh, back in the days of Manute Bull, I remember there would be broadcasts where they would track like the number of intimidations that he had or like forced misses at the rim, although we have we have that already. But just times where a guy penetrates and just isn't even going to shoot it at all, uh, you know, that, that would be kind of useful also. So um, we do actually have more stuff to talk about. I missed this initially. Talk about some of this league-wide stuff. I mean, the first one is the NBA in-season tournament. This is the format per Shams Jarania. They're going to have cup games through November, which is basically normal regular season games that will count, I guess, extra as far as the seeding. And then based on that, eight teams will advance to a single elimination tournament in December while the other 22 continue with the regular season. And all of these games will count as part of the normal normal 82 game schedule there will be one extra game for the teams that make it to the final of the i actually think that i think that's fine i like it it's not an undue burden and you're creating another event out of it like i just don't see what the problem is as long as the players are going to play hard in this thing sign me up anytime you can give me high level basketball of teams playing hard with stakes and if the players believe it has stakes then i will treat it like it has stakes um and and hey you know what even if it's like hey the, the lakers are going to kind of punt on it this year or something like that i mean but it seems like you're going to have some of the best teams in there and hey you know what if a team gets off to a hot start like the bulls last year or something and they make it in or and you just have like slightly different teams and hey you know what like if they're going to play guys 
42 minutes a game just in this single elimination and that's going to change the tactics yeah. uh that that would be fantastic i i would love to see that um and it's just now it devalues the regular season any even more i guess other than just the first month where you're playing for the cup to get it and uh i guess we'll see what the prizes are they haven't determined that yet but i've been saying that it should hopefully be something where it gets distributed equally in terms of cash to the whole team and that it would be kind of cool for lebron to be playing to get austin reeves like an extra two million bucks when he's like making a million like that would be kind of cool oh so i see this this pot is split evenly yeah. 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 So it's almost like a way for like guys to really play for their teammate. Wow. Yeah. That would get, that would get interesting. Yeah. It would almost be like the tournament, right? Yeah. I like that. So, idea. Yeah. I, I'm excited for it. I mean, what, why not try it? The regular season is kind of miserable days. So uh, please subscribe to Dunktown Prime. Um, <laughs> uh, so we also have some uh, news on the CBA talks. I wouldn't say dueling reports, but uh, Shams saying the league and the Players Association are expected to agree on moving the age down to 18. Woods saying, oh, hold on. Like, there's the league is still doing the same crap where they're like, oh, we need something in exchange for doing this and getting the medical reports for all 30 teams. I would hope the league would have learned its lesson from the smoothing discussion of just, hey, if it's a good idea, don't ask for something in exchange. Or if you like, they're now the ones who Silver has said he wants to do it so don't try to extract something else how about you just guys will just both agree to do the right thing without somebody like winning or losing this yeah the the timing issue is going to be key because the teams that have draft picks going out in 24 or 25 or whatever are going to scream bloody murder so you're not going to be able to do this before like 28 or 29 i can imagine uh just just because nobody would have willingly given up a draft pick in what is essentially a double draft with with one and duns and high schoolers ah I mean, you're going to tell me that teams, when the Clippers made the trade for Paul George, that they didn't have an idea that one of the next seven years would be the year that high schools were allowed back in the draft. I think people had enough notice. Like there's, we knew this was coming at some point. In fact, it's been just because of all the other shit that's happened. That's the only reason it's been delayed. I, I, I got little sympathy for these teams that like traded away seven years worth of picks. Like, oh, we can't, we can't do it until 2029 because that's seven years from now. Teams might have traded pick. Like, and we're in this era now where teams, like, that's part of the risk that you accept when you trade all of these picks the way teams have been doing. Like, and there's no reason to screw over the league. Like, everyone agrees this is better for the league. For individual teams to be like, oh, no, like, this is unfair to us. And to delay doing something that needs to be done and should be done for that, I got no sympathy. Okay. Okay. I, I just, do you, I, you, you disagree? I think the politically, there's going to be a lot of fighting over this particular thing because of that. That teams yes. that the, the teams that owe picks are going to be very reluctant to get on board. Um, the now the part I do agree with that every team executive wants is for the is for the medical to be shared among all 30 teams. Uh, that that the because of what's happened at the combine where more and more players are sitting it out or withholding their information and and trying to trying to guide where they're ending up i I think the teams have really become frustrated with this and there's going to be some pushback on on what's happened with that and making it uh making it easier for teams picking at the top to access this information and make an informed choice Although if you're if you're a good team that players want to go to, why would you push for that? You you have an advantage right now. Why would you want to give it up? I think there's going to be a little of that. I think there are. I I think there are. I think the number of teams who 
don't like the situation is greater than the number of teams who feel like they have a competitive advantage because of the situation. Yeah. Well, I'm just interested to know what's going to be given up because it doesn't seem like simply lowering the age is going to be enough. I think the league's going to have to make some kind of a concession. I don't know what that would be. I mean, I don't think it's going to be major, but it has to be something. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, now tell me, uh, I'm, I'm, inter- I'm interested. Why are you so in favor of, of, the, uh, of the age limit change? I think that the, well, I think it's unfair, number one. I agree. Just, I I agree. And arbitrary. I agree with that. I think that players will develop better in the NBA, particularly now. In, in contrast to the first time that high school, you know, that '95 to '06 period, there's much better infrastructure in place now for you know the G League and just teams understand how to develop guys. They're not going to just throw them in an apartment and give them millions of dollars and just like hey, show up at practice tomorrow like they did with, mm-hmm. with some of those guys. And so I, I, I generally the NBA is just going to do a better job of developing guys than college does. I just would rather see more players in the NBA because I don't watch college. I think there are players who would be pretty exciting that I'd like to see. And then just the fairness aspect as well. So I, I don't really... And also, you know, you've got two-way slots now. Every team is, is holding on to 15 players. Uh, so there's plenty of roster spots to go around as well. The idea that, like, they're going to be taking up roster spots and not playing. Every team has guys like that already now So that are development projects. So I, I don't really see much downside point except for the teams are probably pissed off because like oh we won't be able to be as accurate in the draft i don't even think that's i think there's a level of truth to it but i i think it is much less like so when i was with the grizzlies chris wallace would tell me stories about going to high school game like actual high school games in mississippi to see monte ellis or uh, al jefferson right and trying to <laughs> trying to make an nba determination off of that and uh, like I, which is unimaginable to me right like now now, because these guys get funneled into, uh, you know, AAU and the McDonald's game and the Hoop Summit and the Jordan game, uh, you're, you're able to see like versus like much more, much more often and a bit earlier in the process uh, and get a better feel of which one of these guys is really NBA caliber. I mean, there's still going to be mistakes in the draft, of course, but... You know, you go back and look, those high schoolers in the in the last wave, I mean, those were the best picks by far. Like, it's not even close. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for, for every Kwame Brown, there were, you know, 10 guys like C.J. Miles who got picked 20 spots below they, where they should have been. So, I, yeah. for, for that or, reason... Or, and the stars, too. The best... The, I mean, you had KG, Kobe, KG, LeBron. Kobe, yeah, absolutely. McGrady. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's... I, I think particularly for like the absolute highest end guys, like it's pretty obvious. That's even, so. Even one of the that. things that resonated with me is you know being in Spain, watching a 16 year old Luka Doncic, and like everyone on the court knew he was an NBA player. So it's like, what are we doing here? Like you're just you're just wasting everybody's time. Uh, so I, I think for those highest level guys to get them in the league. From the league's perspective, I think that actually maybe is better, even if you even if you allow for this fact that there are going to be some some very raw guys on on rosters taking up space while they develop. I, I think that's the trade off, and I think that's probably okay. One thing I might be okay with is based on age or guy or, or high school classification, maybe you give guys a little bit longer of a rookie scale contract. Maybe if you come out after high school, it's a five-year rookie scale contract. And also I would say if you come out your junior or senior year, maybe it should only be a three-year scale as well. Uh, it's just kind of along the lines of something I've railed against where it's like guys who come over from Europe 
at age 25 are like restricted free agents at 28 that's really ridiculous yeah, yeah. um so I, I think that i would be a, i think that could be fair i think for teams because if you're drafting a high schooler you know after three years at age some of these guys will be like 20 21 and you have to make an extension decision on them like you, I, I could see how you want to at least wait until a guy is 22 yeah yeah uh all right i think that's about all we have here sorry we only got to one mailbag question we teased that and i was like ah oh, we should probably talk about that. <laughs> but yeah again a, a reminder there's a link in the show notes to sign up for dunked on prime we'll have more information on our pre-sale before dunked on prime is the exclusive home of hollinger and duncan for a lot of episodes so keep we'll keep you posted on that and thanks so much for being a subscriber we'll talk to you all next time at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every basket every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.